You're listening to the Whole Vineyard Podcast. To find out more about the Whole Vineyard Church, go to wholevineyard.co.uk. Hello again. Um, guys, I, I want to introduce, many of you will know Jonathan. Yes. Some of you won't know Jonathan. Um, it is a real joy and a delight to have you here sharing uh, with us. Jonathan and his wife, Nikki, lead the York Vineyard Church. That's right. Yes. And um, you're also involved in uh, church planting for the movement, is that right? Overseeing kind yeah, of Yeah, we're of that part stuff. of the multiplication team. So we're, Nikki and I are coordinators for the North and the Midlands, so, uh, which is all about helping people to get going. We take them through a discernment process and then we help them to get going. Uh, and it's all about producing healthy leadership and uh, wow. getting, giving a good, good head start, you see. Because we didn't get a very good head start. It was a bit dodgy. <laughs> no, no, I was joking. We did. We did, really. We did. <laughs> so Jonathan, for those who missed that, Jonathan, his wife, Nikki, and the family were part of our church many years ago, and you planted York Vineyard, I think you were just telling me, 2008? Yes, that's right. Yeah. So I arrived right, in 2009, yeah. so that was the swap, and you'll be able to, you'll be able to judge whether you're disappointed or relieved. No, no, they've got a much better deal, Josh. They have. <laughs> anyway, let me pray for you before you share. Father, we're so thankful for Jonathan coming yes, and, and um, sharing this morning. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would come. Yeah. Anoint him, Lord. Anoint his words. Fill him with your Holy Spirit. I pray everything he shares this morning, God, will just be from your heart. Communicate your heart for our community. So come, Holy Spirit. Bless him as he speaks. In Jesus' name, yes, amen. 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 Thank you, Josh. That was very kind, very warm welcome. And uh, it, it's lovely to be, as always, lovely to be with you all again. Uh, our heart is very much, uh, well, part of our heart is, is still here in this church and, and Hull. We had 15, uh, I think it was 15 years, 15 years, very happy years living in this city. So it's always a joy to come back and see old faces and uh, a lot of new faces too. Well, I can't see an awful lot. It's very bright up here, but there you go. But it's lovely to see you all. And um, yeah, um, Nikki sends her love to you all too. And she's uh, had to stay back this morning. She's on duty at home. So, so we're going to uh, look at uh, Come Holy Spirit. Uh, we're going to look at uh, uh, this theme Josh has asked me to, to speak on, which I believe is the beginning of your, your new series. And um, I guess the first question is, you know, what do we mean when we say, come Holy Spirit? I, I remember um, uh, many years ago when I, I heard that uh, prayed out, come Holy Spirit. And it was an unusual, uh, for me, it was a very unusual sort of prayer in the setting. And the first few times I heard that, but when that was prayed at the beginning of a ministry time, uh, you know, incredible things started to happen. Uh, uh, and which I was caught up with. And, you know, there was one such occasion when I was sitting next to this woman uh, in a packed church. And, um, you know, the, the Spirit of God came. And a gentleman came across. They were a, a, a vineyard team from over in America. So they'd come across from America uh, and they were ministering. And this, this lady sat next to me. He began to prophesy over and speak words of knowledge, speak into her life. And it started with um, her, her birth and adoption. She was adopted as, as a child. And it went through, right through her life with intricate detail. 
intricate detail. I mean, it was just unbelievable. And there was things mentioned there that nobody else in that room knew. But with that, it turned out it was my wife I was sitting next to. <laughs> and uh, my jaw was on the, on the floor because it was just incredible. The de- it couldn't have been anything other than God. God was breaking into this life. And, and what was very, uh, what was amazing was he, he, as he was prophesying and speaking into her life, some of it got a bit intimate that easily. He just said, whoa, he said, this is getting a little bit too, too intimate. And he walked across the church, packed church, and he tapped this lady on the shoulder, which was his wife, and he pointed her in our direction. She came back and she carried on where he left off in detail. And it goes without saying, that was a life-changing evening for Nikki. Life-changing. And, you know, I too had uh, an, an amazing night. There were healings. People were set free. Um, and I, I went down in the spirit and I got up a very different person. In the sense that desires within my heart changed. And my life was starting to line up with the word of God. But what was the common factor with myself and others that night was that, and several nights after that, uh, and other occasions, was what was developing within our hearts was a passion for Jesus Christ, a passion for Jesus and a passion for his word. We couldn't put the Bible down. It was just impact, come Holy Spirit, impact, and testimony of transformed life and that journey began then all those years has continued and continues through to this very day so when we pray holy spirit come holy spirit basically what does the holy spirit do he comes and he reveals to us the beauty and the nature of god the father and god the son he comes and reveals that we could say as we say come holy spirit come lord jesus let your kingdom come the holy spirit comes and he ushers in the kingdom The kingdom. And the kingdom was at the heart of Jesus' ministry. So the second question, I guess, is that we ask is, what is the kingdom of God? What is the kingdom of God? Well, the kingdom of God is the rule and reign of God. It is the rule and reign. And it is the perfection, everything in sync with God. Everything in harmony, as God creates it to be, as God has designed. That's what exists in the kingdom. And when the kingdom breaks through, it's something of that future age breaking into the here and now, the present. As opposed to the world in which we live in, which is governed by the prince of the air, we read in Ephesians. And as opposed to that, which is manifesting with brokenness and rebellion, darkness, the truth is shrouded, and people all pulling in their different directions I don't believe in God. I don't want God. I'm creating my own destiny. I have my own identity. I don't want you, God. I don't need you, God. And what is the result of that? Well, a very broken world. But a world that is full of sickness and disease and death and decay, as opposed to the kingdom of God where there is no sickness and there is no death and there is no decay. That is the kingdom of God. Derek Morphew, a uh, uh, theologian, as some of you, many of you probably know, a uh, theologian in the Vineyard Movement, he writes brilliant stuff on kingdom. He really does. And his latest book, Kingdom, uh, kingdom Reformation, I think is just brilliant. And he writes this. The coming 
of the kingdom is the becoming present of the rule of God. God's ultimate rule, which will take place at the end of the age, breaks through into the present. The witness of the New Testament is that Jesus is the personification of that coming. And that is why Jesus is God with us. To say, kingdom come, is to say, come Lord Jesus, come Holy Spirit. He is the epicenter, the focus and essence of the coming kingdom. He is the eschaton, the end time. And so we see when Jesus comes into, uh, he starts his ministry, we see he's baptized, and then there's that wonderful affirmation, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. The affirmation, his identity is affirmed, and then he goes and is tested by the devil in the wilderness. And he comes out of the wilderness, and he starts his ministry with this declaration. He says this, Matthew 4, 17, he says, he announces the kingdom of God is at hand. It's here. It's within reach. It's here, before you. That's the beginning of his ministry. And as I say, the kingdom theology is, is right at the heart of his ministry. And so what do we see? Well, if we look at, uh, as this ministry begins, what we see are incredible things. We see uh, healings and deliverances taking place. And let's just look at a few of those. I don't know whether, they, I used to like watching Bugs Bunny. I don't know whether you do, I love Bugs Bunny, it was great. But often you'd have those scenes where, you know, his, his eyes would come out of his head, he'd see something, or he's like a godoying, you know, he's seeing something that was just amazing. Well, this is what's going on when Jesus starts his ministry. That's what happened with me and Nikki that night, as, as this guy's prophesying, it was a godoying. And so we read Matthew 8. This is what happens when Jesus starts to minister to people. Matthew 8, 1 to 3. The leper comes to Jesus And he says, when Jesus came down from the mountainside, large crowds followed him. A man with leprosy came and knelt before him and said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. And Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I'm willing, he said, be clean. And immediately he was cleansed of his leprosy. And then Jesus said to him, see that you don't tell anyone, but go show yourself to the priests. Um, and, and we read on, you know, a few verses later, we read about the centurion who comes to Jesus, and he's got a servant that's paralyzed and in pain and sick, and, and Jesus, uh, he comes to Jesus and he says, will you, you know, come and heal my servant? And Jesus says to him, like, okay, take me to him. And, and, and the centurion replies, look, I understand authority, just, just give the word. I understand, I know what it is to receive orders and to give orders, just give the word. And Jesus turns around and says, I've not seen faith like this in Israel. And he gives the word and the servant is healed. He just speaks the word. We go on, Matthew 32, where the two people possessed by the demonic, um, uh, just their lives controlled with demonic, uh, and he just again commands the demons to go. They know who he is. What do you want with us, son of God? And he just speaks the word, go. And there is deliverance. Matthew 9, verses 2, uh, he says, he, he tells the lame, you know, when they, they, the guys bring the paralyzed man 
and they lower him down, and he says to the lame man, your sins, not only does he say your sins are forgiven, but in verse six he says, take up your mat, take up your mat and go home. 22, same chapter, the woman that's been hemorrhaging for 12 years, spent all the money she had on the doctors trying to get fixed, but to no avail. And she says, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, and the bleeding stops. Your faith has healed you, Jesus says. And in verse 25, he raises the dead girl. So what are we seeing? We're seeing breakthrough, kingdom breakthrough, signs and wonders, those things declaring that the kingdom of God is here right now in their midst. Healings and deliverances. And we can view the entire uh, ministry, Jesus' public ministry, in two ways. The words of Jesus and the works of Jesus. These two things categorized his ministry. So this is the kingdom. It's that future age breaking through. It's a great sign of the future breaking through. It's the power of the kingdom coming into the here and now. So what's our role in all of this? As we pray, come Holy Spirit, what's our role? What does this mean for us? Well, the scary thing is this. As, as for his disciples and for us, we too are meant to go and do the same thing. You know, to be a disciple, we, we listen to the words of Jesus, but we don't just listen. If we're a disciple, we listen. Then we put these things into action. And as we go in his power, that's our job. The rest is up to him. But our job is to hear what he's saying and to go and pray for the sick, to bring freedom and deliverance to those that are oppressed as we speak the words of Jesus. And we see again from scripture uh, in Matthew chapter 10, we see how Jesus, he he gets the 12 uh, uh, disciples and he gives them authority in verse one to go and do likewise to drive out impure spirits and to heal every disease and sickness. And then in verse seven, it's interesting what he says. He tells them to to make announcement. As they go, he says this. As you go, proclaim this message. The kingdom of heaven has come near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out the demons. Freely you have received, freely give. And then we see this isn't just instruction for the 12. In Luke 10, we read how he sends out the 72. So we see that not only is the kingdom breaking into the present, uh, and, and does this occur through the coming of Jesus as he walked on this earth, but Pentecost, we see the huge outpouring of the Holy Spirit. He tells them to wait, you will be empowered from on high. What happens? They go out and do the works of Jesus. They preach the word and they're doing the works of Jesus. And we see the churches emerging and rising. And then as we flick through the pages of history, we see, particularly in the great revivals, the works of Jesus happening. You know, just go and dig through some of those revivals of the past. The Sousa Street, uh, the Hebridean revival, the Welsh revival. John Wesley, the revival that took place in this country, was amazing, swept this nation, transformed the nation. 
And this is what happens when the kingdom comes. And we as his followers, this is our role. To go and heal the sick. To make the declaration, to announce the kingdom of God is here. Come Holy Spirit. So thirdly, what is it that ushers in the future aged? What ushers in? Is, are there things that we can do to sort of help us? Well, God is sovereign. He is sovereign. And the move of God is totally and utterly in his hands. But nevertheless, I think there are particular things that we are encouraged from the scriptures to do in the context of this. Firstly, and, and I think it's in three components. Firstly, the announcement, as Jesus said, which we've, we've touched upon, the announcement, the proclamation that the kingdom is here. And that can come through, it come through preaching, it can come through words of knowledge. As you get words of knowledge, you're making a pronouncement, an announcement through the prophetic and so on and so forth. But secondly, and this is, I think is important, it's that kingdom expectation within your heart. To have that expectation. How is it? You know, maybe once you're in fire, for, or once you're on fire for this kind of stuff and it's maybe dampened down, do you still have that expectation of God breaking through in wonderful ways, in salvation, in signs and wonders. As we announce the kingdom, we need to be expectant of him to move amongst us. I once heard David Pitches here in Hull. Uh, I'm pointing in that direction because it was 383 over there. <laughs> it is over there, isn't it, somewhere? And uh, I, I once heard David Pitches teaching, and he said that uh, when we pray, come Holy Spirit, he comes. He always comes. That expectancy of heart that he responds. And so, as we do this, you know, Jesus, Jesus said this, didn't he? He said, he taught us when teaching the disciples the Lord's Prayer, your kingdom come, your will be done, here on earth as in heaven. What's happening in heaven? God's rule, his reign, no sickness, no death. Pray God's kingdom come. And while you may say to the question, well, okay, that's fine, but we don't see that perfection you're talking about. We may see things happen. People may get healed. People may get saved, but we don't. And that's why Jesus said this. He said, the kingdom is here, it's now, but he also said the kingdom is delayed, and he also said the kingdom will come because the consummation comes when he returns when he returns and he creates and he brings and ushers in the new earth and the new heaven. And there are two things that I think help inspire expectation within us. Firstly, biblical revelation. Biblical revelation, I think, is, is, is key. You know, we need to saturate our minds with all the promises that we find in the scriptures, in the book of Isaiah and Daniel and so on, prophesying the breaking in of the kingdom. Isaiah is replete with, with, with these, these, these passages of the coming kingdom. And also the context of Jesus' teaching of this wonderful relationship that we have with him, this intimate relationship that people can have with him and that we have. 
with him. To know God in this wonderful way. You know, he's not far and distant out there. He's here. It's that expectation of him being with us here and now in the present. As we cultivate and develop that, that feeds and should inspire our expectation. And then the second thing that I think inspires expectation is stories. Holy Spirit stories. I mean, this, this room is full of stories. Holy Spirit stories. And I know I can say that because I know some of you and I know you've got Holy Spirit stories. You've had incredible things happen. God's kingdom's broken through into your life. Stories that are happening today. You know, just last week, we had three wonderful testimonies. People just experiencing healing. The bra- and it was just a classic example of kingdom breaking through and receiving forgiveness. But not only that, harboring people that were harboring unforgiveness in their life. And the bitterness, there was just, it was just a, a sweet moment where you could see God's kingdom breaking through and bringing healing and restoration. It's truly wonderful, truly wonderful. And then the third component, so first we've got the announcement. We have, we have expectation, kingdom expectation. And the third thing is kingdom prayer, kingdom prayer. And when I talk about, it's wonderful to hear what you're doing with your prayer room and your, uh, your, you know, you're, you're just you know, stirring prayer. Do you know, again, I, I, just the thoughts just come to me now. I remember when, uh, down there again, <laughs> Some nights on Monday night prayer meetings, they were just, uh, for those of you there, they were amazing, were they not? I mean, there was a time when just God's presence fell in such a way. Some of us just couldn't get off the floor, but we were crying out, your spirit, come Holy Spirit, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done here in this wonderful city of Hull. Let eyes be opened, ears be opened. Let people leap for joy at the good news of Jesus Christ. Lord, let your glorious kingdom break through. And you know, such was the presence. I can remember some nights, we just, it was like overflowing. Just, we, we just had to, I had to get out and tell somebody. And I would go out the building and I would start witnessing to people that were, that were going by in the street. And that happened on a number of occasions. And I can remember one particular evening praying with a guy who used to, uh, he used to turn up at the big kitchen, a Scottish chap, can't remember his name, but I went across the road and I started uh, just talking to him and he went down on the floor and he said, Jonathan, what have you done to me? What have you done to me? He kept, kept screaming out, Jonathan, what have you done to me? What have you done to me? And I said, I've done nothing. <laughs> Absolutely, it's not me. But we shared with him. I think John Clark was with me that night. We shared with him uh, uh, you know, the good news of Jesus. Just really share the gospel. He disappeared. I don't know what happened to him. Maybe we got raptured. I don't know. <laughs> we, we didn't say it. But he'd been impacted. Kingdom impact that night. The Holy Spirit came and impacted him. So it's not so much about the, you know, how much we pray, but it's, it's the certain kind of prayer when we talk about kingdom prayer. It's the theology of the kingdom breaking through. And... This is, I think, as we intercede, this is what's required, that understanding that God can break through. Somewhere in this world, God's breaking through incredible power and the kingdom is advancing. The kingdom is advancing and sometimes it's really loud and obvious and other times it's, it's more subtle. 
And alongside that, I think it's important to say that kingdom lifestyle is important too. As we're bringing our lives in line with Jesus, you know, as we're seeking to live lives witnessing to his grace and his goodness, as we're seeking to follow him and his beauty and his purity and his holiness. And if I, if I suddenly start delving into pornography and, and you know, being harsh with my wife or something like that, I, I, I don't think I can expect to see the manifestation of Jesus in my life to the degree, and it certainly, it certainly won't help expectation because what that happens, it drives a wedge. And when we start creating a habit of sin, it, it pushes us away from God, pushes us away. It's not that God leaves us, we are driven away, wedges in and we, we start to feel guilt and shame and so on and so forth. You know, and if any of you are struggling with any of that stuff, just, just share with somebody, get help, bring it out. We've all got flaws, we've all got issues, we've all got problems and, that we're, we're dealing with. Kingdom, of prayer, kingdom prayer occurs not just in the public place, but it's in the private place to the secret place where we're learning to hear from God, his voice coming near and acting upon that. Jesus said, I do what the Father tells me to go and do. It's responding to that where minds and hearts are enlarged with expectation of the kingdom, that Jesus is coming with power and his kingdom. You know, the early church had this expectation. Listen to how they prayed in, in Acts 4, uh, verses 29 to, to, to 30. This is how, how Peter uh, prayed. Now, Lord, consider their threats. Interesting, interesting you know, they're under, the church was under the kosher. They were threatened, they're under persecution. And he said, now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Such prayer works on our expectation. It sharpens it, it quickens it. And then the presence of the Holy Spirit comes and expands he expands our, our hearts. And as we reflect on those biblical acts, reflect on the great works throughout history, church history, all the time this should be enlarging our hearts and this fuses into a sort of focal point where we consider our present situation, and that could be a meeting we're in or a mission we're about to go on, the city we live in, the nation we live in, to the degree that we believe anything can happen. And I want to encourage you guys. I really do want to encourage you. This is a, this is a great work going on here in this church. So press in. And I, I believe with all my heart I really do believe this with all my heart, that we're going to see wonderful kingdom breakthrough. I think times could be tough ahead for the church. I really do. But don't worry about that. 
because the Holy Spirit will equip you, he will strengthen you, and he will give you the words to say. But I believe we're gonna see people in their hundreds and their thousands come into the kingdom. This city is gonna be impacted by the kingdom of God. As you cry out, come Holy Spirit, let your glorious kingdom break through here and now into the city of Hull. And on that note, I'll finish. Thank you for listening to the Hall Vineyard Podcast. We would love to connect with you and welcome you home to church. To find out more, go to hallvineyard.co.uk forward slash connect. And stay up to date with all that is going on in the life of our church. Go to hallvineyard.co.uk forward slash church news and sign up for our weekly mailing. Thanks for listening. We hope to see you soon.